We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. March has arrived and we're only weeks away from that big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head over to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest starting March 15th. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, BetOnline is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, BetOnline, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code, BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign-up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Blue wire. Breaking news, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good! Terry Rozier! All right, what's up, everyone, and welcome in to another BuzzBeat podcast, your favorite Charlotte Hornets podcast. I am Richie Randall, and I'll be joined today by Spencer and Brian on the episode. We are actually recording this uh, at halftime in between the game of Wake Forest and Pittsburgh. ACC tournament, all the conference tournaments have started up. It's conference tournament week, so it makes sense to talk college prospects for this episode. If you know me, I'm not as a keyed in, clued in on college basketball. So like you guys, I will be learning a lot today from Brian and Spencer. Uh, we're going to be focusing mostly on ACC prospects, uh, considering most of you guys, our listeners, live in the state of North Carolina and are probably familiar with some of these names. So uh, in today's episode, Spencer and Brian and myself are all going to talk about these prospects. And Brian is actually on site uh, in the ACC tournament in Greensboro. So we're going to give him a call as well. So uh, let's get right into it. All right, so we're actually calling in Brian from Greensboro, who's at halftime with Wake Forest and Pittsburgh. Wake Forest is actually up 41 to 40. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, you will actually know the winner of this game. Uh, but Brian, how's the game going so far? It's been a, it's actually been an exciting game. Good, good offensive first half for both teams. Uh, you keep an eye on Xavier, Xavier Johnson from Pitt and uh, Olivier Starr from Wake Forest. But yeah, entertaining game so far here to kick off the tournament. 
Yeah, so like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about ACC prospects, considering most of you guys live in the state of North Carolina and probably are more interested and familiar with these types of players. Uh, the first player that I want to talk about who's actually playing later tonight, uh, again, this is Tuesday night that we're recording this, is Cole Anthony, uh, 6'3 point guard freshman. Uh, Brian, I, I want to get your thoughts on him because uh, after you get off the phone call, uh, Spencer and I are going to talk a little bit more about him. But it, it's interesting because he was projected, I feel like, at the beginning of the year to kind of almost be like a top three pick. But it feels like he is shifting a little bit farther back, uh, maybe like around the five, six, seven range. So any reason as to why maybe you think that Cole Anthony has kind of fallen a little bit in some of the projections with the NBA draft? Yeah, I mean, he's like a little bit of a head-scratcher. I, I, at this point, I don't quite know what to make of, of Cole Anthony because he's obviously really talented, and, and it's still, even after a tough freshman season, still well thought of as a prospect. He's missed 11 games with the meniscus tear. Um, you know, he just wasn't really efficient for big chunks of the season. Um, he only, up until about a week ago, got over 50% shooting around the rim. He's about 54% right now, but super high usage, super high assist rate. You know, everything sort of ran through him this year. I think he had moments of good decision and good playmaking, but um, he had other times too where I think sort of his overall feel and and touch on the game wasn't great in terms of when to push it, when to not push it. UNC's transition offense never really got going uh, at times this season. And I think in the half court, he certainly suffered from a lack of shooting around him. Multiple And a lot of lines he was playing with, is being really the one-plus shooter on the court, especially when Brandon Robinson was hurt. And I think the lack of spacing pinched Cole. But, I mean, he really struggled finishing through contact this season. Uh, he struggled dribbling right into contact as well. He, he's, he's strong and athletic, but I don't think he was quite as twitchy as as any as a lot of people had sort of built him as. He felt like a little more plodding and, and powerful. He ended up having a pretty good season in terms of shooting from deep off the dribble. Um, and I think overall, like his three point shooting was was decent. Um, his defense was okay, not amazing at times this year. Um, so I think there's a lot to to still sort of build on as a prospect. I'm not like out on Cole Anthony as a prospect by any stretch, but there's a lot there's a lot to unpack with with Cole because he's a guy that could certainly land at the, at the Hornets range, and he in theory fits a position that they could use a, a talent boost in, but. Um, yeah, I don't think, you know, obviously Cole is not sort of like the surefire A1 lead guard. Uh, I think that everyone was absolutely certain he was going to be heading into the season, and certainly some of that's taken a bit of a hit. BG, what about a, a guy that you're watching right play right now, Olivier Saar? I mean, I, I've seen him a few times this season, and it seems to me like he could be the type of big that fits in the league he's mobile he's at he's pretty athletic yeah. you know he's a great shot blocker and he's probably he's really got pretty good feel around the basket better touch than maybe i thought he did and i think he kind of first came onto the scene last season but i think he could be an nba player what's, what's your feel for him right now as of right now starts the least is like a really good and productive offensive player in college like i remember his, he's a junior now and i remember his freshman season sort of thinking like so this guy's two years away and I actually wrote something at the end of his freshman year about, you know, hey, let's keep an eye on this guy for his sophomore season. That ended up being uh, a pretty serious disappointment, but he's come back and been very good this year. And you can see his, his freshman year at, at Wake, he actually got up about 24, 25 threes, and a couple of those, they, like, ran him off, like, pin downs and stuff. So uh, he sort of backed away from some of the range shooting aspects. But 
I mean, tall, you know, almost, you know, they list him at seven feet tall, long, really good touch at the hoop, has a left hand that he's, that he's pretty skilled at and happy to finish, you know, hook, left-handed hook shot. I worry about the defense a little bit outside of the shot blocking. Wake plays a lot of, you know, matchup zone sort of negate some of the issues that they have in terms of ball screen coverages. So, you know, I, I worry a little bit about him on the defensive end, just like you do basically any of these young, young bigs. It feels like all of them, you know, these are the, these are the questions. Can they handle the rigors of, of NBA pick and roll coverage? Um, but he's a great offensive rebounder. He's shown the ability to have some stretch to his game at times, and he's, you know, a pretty good free throw shooter as well too. So I'm intrigued. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think this guy's like a draft pick by any stretch, but, um, I think he's interesting as a, as a prospect. You could get him into a system, get him on a G League roster, and, and build out from there. You might have something. I thought he was going to end up being a stretch five. Um, that has not proven to be the case, but he's in turn turned into one of the better sort of like inside of 10 feet finishers in all of college basketball. Ever wonder why traditional button-ups look so long and baggy? That's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untucked shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, their shirts are the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untucked for yourself. Visit untuckit.com and use promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com in promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. All right, I want to transition from one North Carolina point guard to the rival point guard on the opposing team, uh, Trey Jones for Duke. Uh, sophomore, undersized as well, like Cole Anthony and to me, obviously, he's projected to go way later in the first round than, than Cole Anthony, but he has less holes in his game than Cole Anthony. Like, he's a more well-rounded player, but he just doesn't jump off the screen as someone like a Cole Anthony. He's undersized, but from what I've seen of him, he gets in the passing lanes. He's very pesky on the defensive side of the court, not very long, so you know it has to be a lot about his anticipation. You know, what do you see in Trey Jones that you like a little bit better, you know, in certain aspects over Cole Anthony and then vice versa comparing Cole Anthony. What, what is, what is it about Cole Anthony's game that is better than Trey Jones? Yeah. Like the, I'll try to keep this short because I, I've seen a lot of Trey Jones over the last couple of years, uh, basically every second he's played in college. And I have a fair amount of thoughts on him as a prospect, but just what I'll say about Trey is he's just, he's just a winning player. Like the, the, there are like, He's not Marcus Smart, right? I don't want to compare him to Marcus Smart, but like he is that, that he's just a winning basketball player. And I think for a guy like Trey, I don't think he has. I think his ceiling is probably like a backup, you know, like similar to his brother, but a guy that you can play on on a winning basketball team. He can play 24, 25 minutes a game. He can even split some time with the starting one, and you can just feel confident about him on the court at all times because at this point. He's not a great shooter, but he can make a standstill jumper. His catch-and-shoot numbers were pretty good this season uh, compared to last year when they were very bad. He shot 59% effective shooting on catch-and-shoot this year. That's way above where he was a year ago. He has a floater. He has a runner. Um, you know, he's not necessarily a track star. Duke ran a lot of pick-and-roll with him this season. 
Um, you know, a lot of those finishes ended up being floaters, runners, something that was sort of contested. Rarely is he just going to smoke a defense and get all the way to the rim unless it's absolutely in, in transition. Um, but he did run a lot more pick and roll this season, which was good. I just think he's a guy that raises the floor of a team. Um, I think he's easily a, a sort of a first-round talent. I just, you know, I think you got to take him sort of in the right range, but I think he's a guy that can help any team. For those sorts of backup point guards, it's like they've got to excel on one end of the court. And I think Trey's going to end up being serviceable offensively. He's going to help you defensively, even though Richie, like you said, he's smaller. But he's got super quick hands, just ridiculously quick hands. He's got a great center of gravity, low center of gravity. He is able to slide and stay in front of guys defensively. He, he, he like he, you know, he moves like Jokic playing tennis. Like he's just got that that ability to to get low, get in the stance, and move laterally very, very quickly. And as you also noted too astutely, he's phenomenal off the basketball tracking passes. It feels like one every two games he he's able to jump from two passes over and intercept something. So. And, and he's a phenomenal transition passer. So if you're going to stack up Cole to, to Trey, I, I think the, they are the, there are some playmaking elements in transition where Trey is really, really special as an on-ball defender. They're about the same size, too. Like, I, right. I was at the Duke. I was at the, the game uh, last weekend in Durham. Like, they were standing next to one another right in front of me. They're about the same height. Um, you know, Cole is sort of built as a power guard, but, like, he and Trey are very similar in, in stature. Um, Cole Trey has incredibly quick hands. I just think, I think his Cole. The, the one thing I will say about Cole is that he has the ability. If he if he could actually put it all together, um, however likely that that is, like he's a guy that can be an A one uh, initiator for a team. Those the, the most coveted of guards. These these lead guards that can uh, that can direct an offense and. and you know, get you an efficient shot every time down the court. I don't think Trey necessarily has that in his game. I think he's a, a secondary, an auxiliary player, but a very, very good one at that. And um, and again, his shot made a lot of strides this year. Still got a way, still has a ways to go. But I think it was good for him that this year he basically by the end of November he had run more pick and roll this season than he did all of last year uh, during his freshman season at Duke when he frequently played off the basketball next to. RJ and, and Zion and, and, and Cam Reddish had a, a nice game against the Hornets the other night too. Um, so I think his he's grown a lot this year. And it's important to remember those guys are actually similar in age as well too. Like Cole is older for uh, a freshman, and, and Trey didn't turn twenty until during the season this year too. Um, so that's something to consider with with both those guys. But I think just to put it in layman's terms, Cole has a higher ceiling. Um, uh, and that's why he's certainly thought of as a, as a, right. a better prospect. But I think you know, a good team that's going to take Trey Young late in the, uh, or pardon me, Trey Jones late in the first round. Like that's a that's a it's a, just a nice piece to add to to your rotation. I think. BG, were you a little bit surprised that he won ACC Player of the Year? Or did you have him penciled in? And and then what was what was maybe another takeaway of those awards? I, I thought there were some holes. I thought Vassal not being on the first team was a head scratcher too. I, I didn't think Trey Jones deserved Player of the Year, but tell me why I'm wrong. Totally not. I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I mean, like I say this as someone like I, I preseason I voted Trey Jones Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year, so. I was right, but I don't think those were the right call. Like, <laughs> Vernon Gary Jr. was the best player in the conference this year. You know what I mean? And, and we can, you know, right. we can save the political conversation on why, you know, he wasn't nominated for that award for another day of time. Um, 
it should have been you know, Vernon Carey was just the most impactful player. That's not even a knock on Trey. Like he had a he had a great season, but um, you just look at some of his offensive inefficiencies, and at times this season too. Like I mean, again, he's a stud defensively, but he had some games actually down the stretch where um, I perhaps because of the workload was so enormous on both ends for Trey, where I actually don't even think defensively he was like at his absolute tip top. The Cells should have been first team all ACC, and he should have been defensive player of the year. Um, if you want to make a case for Trent Forrest as uh, the deploy, that's fine too. I think even Dwayne Sun at Louisville had a little bit of an outside shot. Um, I thought those were the four, those, those guys should have been the four locks for all defensive teams. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I think that's sort of where I landed on, on all of that stuff. And then, yeah, I mean, I thought DJ Funderburg should have been second team all ACC yeah. or certainly third team all ACC. I thought that was a miss. I thought Dwayne Sutton not landing on any of the all-ACC teams was also missed. Those were the ones that really jumped out to me. Right. With Vassell not on first team, no Dwayne Sutton, no D.J. Funderburk, and, and yeah, Trey Jones. I mean, look, I, absolutely first team all-ACC, you know, all defense. He was great, and if you want to have him as the, the deep boy, I think that's okay, too. But player of the year was um, a bit of a stretch, but, you know, some stuff went into that, too, you know? So it's, it's just a, it was yeah. a, it's a, weird, it's a weird situation the way some of these year-end awards – went down but yeah I was I was those were the the biggest head scratchers for me in terms of like how frustrated I was when, when that list was announced um on Monday this week that's the first time I've heard it called the depoy I've never heard defensive player of the year called depoy so that I, I learned <laughs> something new. Yeah, yeah there we go yeah <laughs> yep all right, Brian, I know you got to go back to uh, watching that ACC game, and, and but thanks for your insight I always learn something new when I talk to you and Spencer about college basketball so we'll we'll let you go for sure looking forward to listening to the rest of this all right. All right. All right, BG. See y'all. All right. So let's let's continue with this prospect talk. I, I know we had a conversation about this guy through text, Vernon Carey Jr. And Brian made a mention of him. He should have won the ACC Player of the Year. Six ten, two sixty five, very built freshman from Duke. He's actually projected to go in the late twenties, and I and I can see the reason why this guy might go later in the first round considering some of the limitations he may have as a center in today's NBA. But just from my eye test, and I know that you and Brian have watched ACC college basketball a whole lot more than I have. When I watch him, he is very built, and he's a player that likes to play out of the post, whether that's by design uh, with Coach K or if that's just is kind of his, his strong suit or a little bit of both. But to me, he's a little bit more of an athlete for being so bulky, a little bit of a sneaky athlete there. And, and I could see maybe that be being opened up a little bit on the NBA level. He's a monster on the boards. He blocks shots. It does look like Duke played him out of the post a lot, but he has shown the ability to face up a little bit. And when we were having this conversation through text, I know that you guys, you know, were going back and forth on him and what seemed to be the most, I guess, talked about issue here, does he translate to the next level or is he a guy that is stuck in a previous era? So Vernon Carey Jr. has put up great stats, great efficiency numbers. Um, he's a bigger player, but do you see him as somebody that could transition to a, you know, a pick and roll guy, a face up guy a little bit more on the NBA level? Or are you just a little bit worried about the fact that all you really saw from him was post-ups at Duke? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably not as optimistic about what he can be in the NBA. Um, but, I, th I mean, I do think it's a good point that you bring up about, you know, some sneaky athleticism there. I mean, he's he's really got a good feel, and he can face up. You know, he can turn face up 
ball fake jab and go by a guy and get to the rim when he gets there it's over so i mean there's certainly a ton of skill involved with as the most efficient player in the ACC offensively this year, considering his usage, which was one of the highest in the in ACC too. So, you know, I think for a guy like uh, like Vernon Carey, I do think like the system where he lands will be important, mm-hmm. uh, and what teams try to get out of him if he just gets you know drafted in the second round by a team that really doesn't have a plan, know what they want to do, and just say, hey, here's a good player who's still available, and they don't have a strategy for him and to develop him. I think that would be a problem. And that's kind of what happened to Jalil Okafor. You know what I mean? Like he got drafted by Philly. They weren't ready uh, to bring him in there and actually develop what he could become good at in the league and work on his body. And he fell years behind. And we've seen him, you know, come around over the years. I mean, certainly in in New Orleans, he got an opportunity earlier this year and and looked pretty good during stretches. But to me, Vernon Carey is more of a Jalil Okafor type um, than any kind of stretch five. And, yeah, I just I think the spacing in the league will just get the best of him, yeah. and and you kind of hate to see that with the, with these bigs because they do come with a lot of skill and, and it's an awesome college game. I just think it's really difficult to translate. I'm not saying it's impossible. I just wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it. My question to you is, what was what would be the highest that you would draft this guy at? I mean, you mentioned second round, maybe a, a team pick taking a flyer on him in the second round, but would you draft him in the first round at all? Let's say if you were the Hornets and you either trade it up into the first round or, or trade it back in the second half, wh- where would be the highest that you might take him? Yeah, I think he's probably worthy of a first-round pick, you know, depending. He's an eye-of-the-beholder kind of player. Again, you know, he's still young. You're getting a, a guy, again, that you can, you're going to have time to work on. You don't have to throw him out there and expect development on day one. Um, so I think he's a first-round talent, but again, it's got to be the right spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, there, and it needs to be a team that's like, no, we we see the vision. We like We see the path for him becoming – a guy in the NBA that can play 25 to 35 minutes or whatever, not just a guy we're going to bring in and, and act like he's a lottery ticket. So look, the skill and the talent, it's first round talent. Uh, I just think the way where this league is moving and it's going more and more and more in that direction. Uh, I, I just think it becomes harder to justify spending any draft capital on these kind of centers. I mean, you can go get a reserve center and free agency. You know, you don't need to spend a first round draft pick on one of these guys. I just, it's just more of a uh, 50,000 foot view, like macro way that I look at these types of players and less about the specific talent, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't want it to become a Vernon carry thing. I just, right. I just don't think these guys are worth like first round capital. All right, let's go to uh, Florida state shooting guard, small forward, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Devin Vassell, six, seven sophomore, He's projected to go more into the teens. Uh, again, this is just my eye test from you know looking at a couple of videos online. Lanky guy. He has the potential to switch across multiple positions and guard multiple positions well. He can rebound the ball well for a guard. And, you know, and just looking at some of his stats, he's actually shot the ball well from behind the arc. Even though there's, I kind of made a note of there's there's something off about his form. I, I don't know what it is. It's not like a quite you know, not quite a catapult shot, but there definitely seems to be like two motions going on. It doesn't seem as fluid as I would expect a player yeah. to kind of, you know, shoot so high the way that he has. Um, so maybe he's someone that could translate as more of a catch and shoot three point shooter than maybe a pull up shooter. I'm not quite sure. But Devin Vassell, what are your thoughts on him and watching him from FSU? I mean, I, he's like far and away my favorite prospect out of this conference. Nice. Um 
Yeah, I, I think he's yeah, I think he doesn't have a real fluid three-point shot, but his mechanics aren't terrible. It's just a little robotic. I think that that can be fixed, you know, in the NBA. We see that happen all the time. I mean, we're already seeing it with the Martin Twins. I mean, both of their strokes are still very robotic, but I've already seen them both. They're getting that right shoulder away from their chin and getting it more square with their shoulder. Like you, you could see it easily in Caleb Martin's form last night and he makes five threes or whatever. So like, I think that thing is, that stuff is pretty correctable uh, when you get into an NBA system. So I'm not worried about that. His defensive acumen and his switchability and the impact he makes blocking shots as a wing and, 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 you know, getting in passing lanes and steals. And a lot of that is Florida state system. They play a matchup zone similar to what BG uh, was explaining about wake forest, but Florida state pledges a matchup zone because they can just inhale you. Like they can just swallow up opposing offenses with their length uh, and Devin Vassell, to me, is kind of the spearhead of what they do. He's great anticipation, great anticipation playing the weak side, too. So I like him. He's a slasher, and he's a low-usage player on top of all that. He impacts every single aspect of the game. He's a good shooter, and he, he's a low-usage player. So we haven't even seen him play the, with the ball in his hands that much. I don't know that That's he needs to. That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, yeah. Yeah, almost like a DeAndre Hunter kind of prospect is what he reminds yeah. me of. Now, they're different types of players. Hunter's much more physical, a bigger, bigger guy. But in terms of like what their teams ask of them uh, and what they give you in terms of efficiency, very similar. So Vassell, I think, is the easiest plug and play uh, of anyone in this conference. And I think he's going to be a lottery pick. All right, we mentioned these two before. I kind of want to group these two together, Cole Anthony and Trey Jones. Uh, clearly, Cole Anthony is the better prospect uh, from UNC. He's projected, like I said, to go anywhere from like 3 to 10 in that range, just kind of looking at some of the mocks. He's a fairly good passer out of the pick and roll. I think he does try to dominate the ball a bit too much, and I don't know if that's a product of the team that he's playing with or if that's just kind of his innate tendency to do that. I do think he does find success going towards the rim, picking up that momentum and finishing around the rim. I think that's going to be able to translate on the next level. I do worry a little bit about his length and maybe worry a little bit about him trying to force it a little bit too much on the offensive side of the ball. Again, that could just be a byproduct of what I have seen uh, with him with that team and a team that has underperformed and is not He's not surrounded by a lot of talent, so maybe he does have to take on that load a little bit more. And then you have Trey Jones, who feels like it's a little bit on the opposite end of the spectrum here, where he's a team-first guy, but that ceiling, like Brian noted, he's not going to go as high maybe in the mid to early 20s in the first round of this year's draft. Uh, but something that stood out to me, like I mentioned to Brian, is just the fact that he can snatch balls out of midair uh, you know, with ease. And it's crazy to think about because he's not very long. He, it's all about this anticipation that he has. And he's a good defensive player, uh, smart passer, team first player, like I mentioned, good handle. The only thing that, you know, that I've noticed looking at some of the stats and, and some of the, uh, the videos is that he, ne he does need to improve that shot from behind the arc. But other than that, I feel like Trey Jones is just a well-rounded team first player, but it is not going to be a type of guy that has the ceiling of Cole Anthony. So how do you kind of project these two point guards moving on to the next level? And you did say that you liked Vassell. It sounds like better than Cole Anthony. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I, I'm with BG. I don't know what to make of Cole Anthony. Um, I'm really interested to watch tonight. Like Carolina might be the last seed in the ACC tournament, but they're still in the postseason. Mm -hmm. And this is Cole Anthony's I mean, this one, everyone's going to be watching. So if he wants to make a final push, now's the time. So I'm interested to watch. I just, 
he, he has been a player that has looked like he's forcing almost everything he does on the basketball court for an entire season. And I know he missed six weeks or whatever it was, um, but it just it never seemed like Roy Williams, even the Carolina coaching staff, had like a real concrete, clear plan for what they what they wanted Cole Anthony to be and do for that team. He just looked like a guy who thought he had to do it all. Um, you know, not a great shooter, high turnover player. Um, you know, gets his teammates involved, and sometimes it looks like he knows where everybody else is on the floor. Other times, he leaves his feet with no plan, bad turnover, and you're just—he leaves you scratching your head. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the ceiling is obvious. His athleticism is amazing. Uh, when he gets in transition, he's a speed demon. Like it's easy to see that part, but all the rest of it just doesn't add up. I think Trey Jones, in my opinion, I don't really see the upside in the league I, I see where he's a phenomenal leader and it looks like he's playing in slow motion a lot of times because he's j- just has such a high basketball iq um but there's been a lot of hype around that kid for a long time and i'm, I'm not sure i've ever really <laughs> Bought into gotten it, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah i you know he's a nice player and he's done awesome things for that team this year so i'm not you know i don't want to i'm not shaming trey jones here uh, I just, and I think him getting player of the year just kind of cemented a lot of what I was feeling, which was what is the big deal about him? And, and there was a lot of backlash to that decision. So to me, he's a second round guy. Um, you know, sure. He's a first round talent in terms of IQ and leadership, just a guy you're going to bring in and know he's going to give you a hundred percent and, um, has, has a very high floor. Uh, but I mean, he shot 47% effective field goal percentage this year, right? Like the the ceiling that people talk about with Trey Jones, I, I just don't I don't see it. I can't I can't get there. Outside of the fact that he was a really good college player and a high IQ guy, I don't know how that's going to translate to minutes for him in the NBA. But uh, his his brother did it, and I don't think a lot of people he was thought he was going to get yeah. there. So happy to be proven wrong there. All right, well, that's all I got. I spent one night at a coffee shop researching some of these players uh, out of the ACC. Uh, Spencer, are there any other players that you want to mention, whether it's Patrick Williams out of Florida State or Jordan Noara out of Louisville? Like Any other players that you want to kind of highlight here before we wrap? Well, just like three really, really quickly, and those were going to be two of them. Uh, Noora, if you want to watch a guy who – and I'm picking Louisville to win the ACC tournament pretty much because of that guy. Uh, Just never saw a shot that he doesn't like. But not only that, he has ultimate confidence to make every single one he throws up. I mean, he's he's a real scorer. He will take a bad – um, fadeaway jump shot every now and then, but he can get to the bucket. He's a smarter player. He's a better defender, I think, than he gets credit for. I, I just think Noir is the kind of guy in a in a sport, college basketball, that's down this year that can lead a team to the national championship. He's that dynamic of a scorer to me. Um, and I think they got enough defensive parts to get it done, too. You know, Pat Williams, just like probably one of the best bodies in terms of like a true wing player, he probably does have the best body in the entire uh, league. And I think Richie, I could be wrong on this. So don't quote me, but I think he would be, if he comes out this year would be the youngest player in the NBA draft, Oh wow! which is immediately going to make him a better prospect. And, and you'll hear a lot of Pat Williams buzz. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get into the middle of the first round. If not into the lottery, I know that sounds crazy, huh. but um, he's there's a Charlotte lot of too, by potential the way. there. Yeah, and, and just a defensive monster. And then the last one, this is just my bias, Homer. I got to talk about a UVA guy, uh, Mamadi Diakite. You know, coming into the season, I thought, thought he had a first-round chance. Um, and he still had a productive season if you just look, look at like box score stats, but didn't make that IQ jump. Uh, incredible athlete, big-time defensive 
stopper around the rim. The UVA has asked and will ask from here on out for him to do a lot offensively, and I think that's where the holes in his game really show up. Uh, he just he doesn't have a great feel for what's going on around him. He doesn't share the ball well, forces a lot of stuff. So um, I'll be interested because of how ridiculously good of an athlete Diakite is, what NBA teams, like what the combine is going to do for him. What are teams going to think? Because he has the physical tools to get into the first round. But I, I would say the sample this year has been a little disappointing in terms of efficiency. All right, guys, thanks again for tuning in to another BuzzBeat. Make sure you guys are subscribed to us on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. Thanks to BG for joining us from Greensboro. For Spencer, I am Richie. We'll see you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.